You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this week to get in on the Tampa Bay Rays action and conversation. That's Spotify Greenroom. Well, Ulysses, your Tampa Bay Rays, this is beginning to be a theme here. Totally kill and destroy the Baltimore Orioles again by a score of 10 to 0. The Rays now improve to an American League best 73 and 47, extending their lead over the Boston Red Sox to four and a half games. Uh, Of course, uh, the big storyline, I guess, besides the Rays whipping butt, is the record low trap crowd of 4,795. Hey, I did my part. My buddy Jeff Odom did his part. We were there on a Tuesday night game against the freaking Orioles. So uh, save your DMs, save your emails, save your complaints. We were there in person. Uh, it felt like a scene out of Walking Dead, but we were there nonetheless. I was, I was going to tell you, was it odd just have seen so many blue seats empty because first of all i love that picture you took that was pretty cool you were, you had really good seats so yes. i've got a, kind of like a two-parter question number one how weird was it the level of 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 noise and 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 sound while the game was going on and number two did you get any you know any any souvenirs from to to help out Stu's uh kevin kiermeyer's contract for next year Okay, the first part of the question, you got to help me out because I, I'm not good with two-part questions. Uh, what the was noise. the first part of your question The noise, again? the, um, the ambiance. Was it weird? Like, is it the weirdest game you've ever attended with 4,000 other people? Well, where we were kind of in the lower bowl behind home plate, there were at least several dozen fans around us. So that felt more normal. What was really eerie was the mm-hmm. fact that you would look out into the outfield and see entire rows in sections empty, or you might see one person sitting in the middle or upward part of a section. It was really, really weird. And then you, when you walk around, I mean, the walkway and Mm -hmm. the concessions and the bathrooms, like not a soul around just completely, completely dead. It was like, like you go to a high school on a weekend and (laughs) you walk the hallways and you don't see anybody there. It, I'm telling you, it was, it was like a ghost town. It was a very, very odd feeling. And it's really sad, quite frankly, yeah. because yeah. you see the Rays, what they're doing, what Nelson Cruz is doing, Mike Zanino is doing. This team is the best team in the American League, one of the best teams in baseball. And people are more. coming out to support them. And you know what? I kind of blame the Orioles, too, because you have a crap product. You guys are Oof. awful. You're terrible. And it's great to beat up on a team. Yeah, we won 10-0. We won 12-3. That's but when you're at the game, it's kind of boring. It's kind of yeah. like, 
like when you're up three, four, five runs after the first couple innings, it's like, okay, it's still, you're still in a groove. There's a chance the other team could come back. We could have a good ball game, but once it's 10 zero by the sixth inning, it's like, it's still a clunker. A clunker is a clunker. I mean, you, 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 you're going to leave with a happy smile because your team won, but it's still like, all right, let's go walk around a little bit because the, the Orioles aren't doing anything here. It's not worth watching. We've, we've had this talk before. What do you prefer a 10 to zero win or a three to two win? Uh, I'll always go for the yeah. three to two win because it feels like hard fought. It feels like you were at the edge of your seat the whole game. Yeah. It might get a little bit dicey at times, but it's a more enjoyable game, a 10 zero game. Especially, I mean, yeah, you're, you, you put it in, in really good terms there crap product. Like to be an Orioles fan in the last five, six years, it's, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. And you know what? We've, we've been there, you know, with the devil race for, for 10 years and, and putting a crap product on the field and only having a couple of, uh, of players to be like, okay, well, at least we have Carlos Pena in 07, you know, right. I, at least the, the, the pitching is going to come out next year. Um, hey, expand sucks, the playoffs. So it's a race to the middle. If everybody's mediocre, instead of you have great teams <laughs> and you have teams that are rebuilding constantly no, fix the draft. Stop the tanking. Stop the tanking. This is why, because there are three teams that are always like, okay, we can get the top three draft picks. Let's go for the worst record possible. If you, I think actually you were the one that gave me the idea or I heard it somewhere where the, the worst 10 teams actually becomes a lottery. Yeah. So you might as well just go for it because a 10th pick is not the same as, as the first one, unless you're the Mets and you pick uh, you know, a rocker and then you don't sign them. But um, I want to go back to the game. Uh, you you mentioned Zunino. I mean, we're we're in the midst of Zunino week, like I said the other day. But Cruz, I, I saw this tweet from Holman Lee: race stats versus land, left-handed pitching from the beginning of the season till uh, July twenty-second, the day before uh, Cruz was acquired. Um, the Rays were hitting two twenty-six with a three oh three on base, a three eighty slugging and a WRC plus of 92. Since Cruz joined, the race have hit 252, a 333 on base, and 442 slugging with a WRC plus of 114. This has been what we've talked about since the beginning, Kevin. It's not just the stat line that Nelson Cruz provides, because if you look at his stat line, it's not really that impressive. 750 OPS, around a Mendoza line batting average, but it's who he makes better in that lineup. BA always says there's one guy you highlight when you're doing your, your, your scouting of, uh, of that uh, other team. There's one guy that you'll highlight and say, this is not the guy who beats me. Since July 23rd, I bet a lot of pitchers have highlighted Nelson Cruz and said, mm-hmm. he's not going to beat me. He isn't the guy I'm not going to pitch to. And what that does, it, it makes people around him better. And we can see that. Yeah, I think look, we can look at Nelson Cruz stat line overall and criticize it, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Randy, when he hits ahead of Nelson Cruz does much better. The, the, the way Brandon Lau is raking Mike Zanino, Wander Franco, like sometimes Nelson Cruz doesn't get the pitches, but the other guys are going to get the pitches. And of mm-hmm. course it was great to see Nelson Cruz get two homers, including a 437 foot shot, which we watched and we knew right off the bat, it was like, yeah, this might be one of the longest home runs of the year for the race. And I think his first home run, because it's funny, his first couple at bats weren't very good. Uh, John means, yeah. I think got him on a changeup up and in 
caught looking, caught staring. And then I think it was the immediate next at bat that Cruz was like, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I'm not going to be bitten by this changeup up and in. And of course he deposited uh, out of, uh, out of Tropicana field, uh, which uh, again, I, Hey, I love this homer run. You, you can't shift against a home run. You can't shift against a walk. So those, those two things are working in the race favor. And again, it's a shame because you have under 5,000 people and Nelson Cruz. I mean, one of the greats, one of the great sluggers of the last 10 to 15 years, hitting number home runs, 442 and 443, which moves him past Dave Kingman and 42nd all time on the all time homers list. Like it's, it's a damn shame. Uh, by the way, I do have some points here. It, look, there, there's really no point in like diving deep into this game and giving a bunch of analysis. The Rays are good. The Orioles suck. There we go. It's great to see Drew Rasmussen, you know, maybe being a starter and that might be a thing. I know it's people like come out as I, when I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, all people, no, he's not going to be a star. No, like give me some reasoning why he can't be a starter or fill that role instead of just saying no with four exclamation points. If you can give me something better than that on anti-social media, I'll accept it. But uh, I think, uh, you know, not to toot my own horn, but he build him up a little bit, 45, 50, 55, 60 pitches and see where it goes. He's got multiple pitches that work for him. This is the Cafes trade 2.0. You bring J.P. Fireisen as the main guy. You bring Jose Martinez as the main guy. But really, the actual target, it's Randy Rosarena. The actual target is Drew Rasmussen. And I feel like th- this would alleviate, again, some of the worries of selling low on Willie Adamas if it's Drew Rasmussen becomes a starter of the future. Again, when we think starter, we can't think of... David Price, we can't think of James Shields, Alex Cobb, we can't do that. We got to we we got to look at the at the starter of 2021, which is can you give me 5? Can you give me 5 and keep me in the game? 5 innings and and a run, 5 innings and two runs. Can you do that? Drew Rasmussen has done exactly that. What is that? 8 innings and only one run allowed as a starter. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Give me that every day, all day. Ryan Yarbrough is going to come back. So so now it's going to be plus one in the rotation. Is it time for Walker to be DFA'd? Maybe. No, I think they're going to send Chris Ellis down. I think that's the move. Chris Ellis could go down. The most natural move. Although Anderson is also getting back and should be up before long as well, too. So yeah, I mean, I mean, Walker, uh, fine. If it's Chris Ellis who goes down, which that would make more sense, but. Uh, in the rotation itself, you, you you you're going to have a kind of a clog, and 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 Walker's time is dwindling. I I believe again. I said he would last through August, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I although might, with might the pitching injuries, through... there seems to be one pitching injury a week. So yeah. the the Rays might have different uh, ideologies in mind there. Um, so couple observations. Of course, I went to the game last night with. Uh, Jeff Odom, who works for the Dallas Stars, he actually works in their front office. In fact, you know, the Rays, if you're looking for a really, really good marketing guy, if you want to send him an offer, you're more than welcome to and and bring aboard some some good ideas. But uh, here's some of the things he sent to me as far as his observations. First time at Tropicana Field in several years, uh, he says, the trop smells like a urinal cake. I don't agree with that, by the way. That's just his... The the only problem I have with the trop is sometimes the parking situation on really crazy games 
uh, like the Red Sox, for example. And I think it's a little chilly, but I can always put a sweatshirt on, wear long pants. That That's a me problem, not not a trop raised problem. So that's the first thing. I don't know if you have any assessment on the trop smells or may yeah. smell like a urinal cake. So I feel like the, the urinal, urinal cake smell is, is uh, by the bathroom. So I don't, I don't believe that that's how yeah. it smells. Bathrooms but, okay. were clean. You know? I mean, nobody was going into yeah. them. So I, I mean, there's nobody and, there and, to... Everybody's got different, uh, you know, sensory smell, uh, sensory, you know, activity. I don't know what, what yeah. the actual scientific term is, but yeah. All right. I'll take that opinion. Sure. Next. Yeah. And by the way, if you think that uh, paying $20 for parking is a problem, uh, Dallas Cowboys games, it's $100 to park. $100 oh, to park. God, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, so he got the barbecue nachos. They were, quote, half-assed. Uh, when he bought them, I didn't think they looked great. I, I, they, they didn't okay. look like yeoman's work. I'll just say that. Uh, he also got, look, he spent, he dropped a lot of coin here at the game. I mean, I think he, he, he may have raised the payroll by himself, uh, with, with the money he dropped yesterday between tickets, concessions, uh, parking and, and the, the team store as well. Uh, he got a, uh, one of those ice cream helmet things, Mr. Uh-huh. Softy. He, he's got some complaints here. He didn't like this. He didn't like the fact there were no sprinkles. So that that's something there. So okay. I guess, you know, raise uh, concession extraordinaires, add the sprinkles back into the fold. Uh, he okay. also uh, got yelled at by a police officer for not giving enough room to, I guess there's a, a redneck guy with a huge truck and he couldn't really pass him by or didn't give him enough space. But uh, it, it wasn't the best, I guess, entrance to the ballpark. Like, hey, I just mm. dropped a lot of money for really prime tickets. Nobody else is coming here. You should be lucky I bought tickets to this game against the Orioles on a Tuesday night. And this is how I get treated for the first time coming back to the trap in years. This is like, I I've got to get disturbed and, and angered uh, with this nonsense. So that's one thing is maybe, you know, work on that a little bit, or uh, I don't know what, I don't know what, what to fix about that, but those are his uh, main observations. He also has a question for us though. Okay. Um, and need immediate reaction to this. Uh, okay. Who is, presently presently who is the real true face of the race franchise that's a good question uh by the way lovely for jeff to to take you out on on uh, on a bro date i i yeah. i 100 support bro dates that sounds pretty good cool. it sounds like he was a little bit grouchy though jeff i'm calling you out sounded like you were you had a grouchy tuesday evening mm. uh so so let, let, let's get that in check now according to that's a good question. Who is the guy? Is it Manos? Is it Randy Rosarena? Does a guy that's on the 60 day IL and won't pitch for 2022, can he be yeah, the face of the problem. franchise? Is it still KK with his uh, green eyes, the hazel eyes uh, that, that might leave the, the, what is, what is the face of the franchise? Is it the, is it the name that people most recognize in the 29 other markets? Cause if I that's, that's it, part of it, yes. It, 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 then it has to be either Kevin Kiermaier or Randy Rosarena. That's your, that's yeah. your two. Yeah. He initially leaned Kevin Kiermaier. And again, he is a guy that lives out of market now in the Dallas Metroplex area. Mm-hmm. And he catches games on occasion. He's not watching every game. Like we are, you would think in the future, a couple of years from now, it might be Wander Franco. I mean, yes. immediately if you tied into 
performance and contract status and things of that nature, you might have to go with Brandon Lau, but he doesn't have the ring or pizzazz of franchise player. Like I don't think a ton of other markets would identify with, you know why it's, it's the hit a bomb, put your head down that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not going to give you the pizzazz. You know, uh, I think Wander Franco's got pizzazz. I think Randy Rosarena's got pizzazz. I think Kevin Kiermaier oozes pizzazz. I think yeah. I, I, th- I think Kevin Kiermaier Longo, wakes up Carl in the morning. Crawford. Yes, yeah. long ago, Carl, Carl Crawford. There are guys that just have it. Uh, and But it's okay not to have it. Mike Trout doesn't have it. Mike Trout yeah. does not have pizzazz. And that is okay. I think Brendan Loud just doesn't, is not that kind of guy. Uh, anything else from this game you want to mention or bring up, uh, man, it's, it's, it, it's, it, to lose balls and in, in the drop dome, you'd think that would stop, but it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving when, when road teams, uh, it, it doesn't really happen that often with AL East teams, but this is how bad the Orioles are. Yeah. Well, they're bringing it's, up it's, new players all the time from AAA. Yeah, they don't really have true. familiarity. I mean, they're middle infield. Like if you're a pitcher, you just should have no confidence in that middle infield whatsoever. No. And I know Mateo's not really a true shortstop. Probably should be third. Maybe shouldn't be playing any field at all. But the fact that he like he just was totally eating ground balls, routine ground ball plays, and he couldn't get them out of the glove. And was yeah. like, I mean, it, it was like somebody rubbed butter, melted butter on the ball. And that's the amount of trouble he was having with it. It was really um, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not great. But again, like you said, not a lot to analyze in a 10 to zero victory against the Orioles. Just happy that the Yankees and the Red Sox keep beating each other up. So yeah. yesterday, the Yankees won twice against the Red Sox. Race fans, I know this sucks. And I hate to say these words, but the Red Sox better win tonight. You got to keep having them beat each other up, keep the distance in the, in, in, in the division. So tonight, I know these are awful words to say, but I'm rooting for the Red Sox. Okay. I think that's enough for uh, the Rays Orioles conversation. Uh, do want to mention that we will have a continuation of our interview with longtime MLB scout, Charlie Aliano. He, is based in Tampa Bay, but works for the Cincinnati Reds, has so much insight and analysis on the game of baseball from a scouting and coaching perspective. Uh, Before we get to that, though, we have to tell you about Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Ulysses, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We'll be hosting rooms for the Locked on Rays podcast once a week, and yes, that means you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Charlie, kind of going back into the scouting realm a little bit and you being in the game for such a long time, uh, this could either be for high school and college players or, or both, I guess, but is there a particular position or skill set that is the most difficult thing for you or for a general scout to project in the majors? Um, is it, you know, power? Is it fielding? Is it command control as a pitcher? Is there something where it's like, 
man, th- this guy has it right now, but can he do it in the big leagues? Is there, is there an area that, that is really tough to follow that from, from high school to pro or college to pro? Yeah. High school, you're probably not going to see as much command as a pitcher mm-hmm. than you will in college. For the simple reason is most of those kids, even in the state of Florida, which baseball is really, really good. Um, those kids are trying to, to hit the glove. I mean, they're not trying to hit the spots. Control is different than command, as you guys probably know. Control is throwing it anywhere in the strike zone. Command is hitting your spots. I don't see much command on the high school level. Now, on the college level, you got the Jack Lighters who just signed in the first round, guys like that. They're being paid for command because they're real close. When they get into the minor leagues, if they have command and they got velocity, they're going to move quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on the positional side, you got to put the ball in play. You can't strike out with second and third and no out. And I tell our kids all the time in Florida and the land of the lakes, Wesley Chapel area, Tampa area, you got to put the ball in play. You can't, and that infills up and you can't put the ball in play. You're wasting time. You're wasting energy and, and scouts don't want to see you strike out. I know the game's become more striking out. It's okay. It's not okay. We don't sign kids that strike out. If they go out and they strike out, they strike out. But when we sign them, we don't want to sign the kid that, you know, I was, we were talking about a player today, a friend of mine, uh, talking about a specific superstar player who has a very low on-base percentage. That's not good. Mm. That means he's not taking his walks. And you got to take, if you get hit by a pitch, you're going to get hit by five pitches a year. If you're not taking your walks, you're not getting on base. I don't care if you're about 300 because you're really batting 250 if you're not taking your walks. Yeah, so that's wow. important to a scout. You, you need to get on base. You need to uh, make things happen. Yeah. And Ulysses, this is a question we've had or really a topic that we've kind of dove into as of late on the podcast, the transition of a ball player from AAA to the big leagues and how much of a jump, how much of a step that is. And Charlie, I'm sure you have some perspective on that. Is there a certain thing or a couple of things as to why a guy isn't able to make that swimming transition from AAA to the big leagues? It could be, you know, the, the, the bright lights, the, the pressure, the, the quality of pitching, what, whatever it may be. Um, is, is there something that you, you found in your career that, you know, makes a, a guy a quad A player instead of a, of a staying power big leaguer? What I'm seeing is the command in the big leagues compared to AAA is huge. Again, we're talking about command. If I'm a pitcher and, I want to, and I'm facing a righty hitter and I'm a righty pitcher, you have to hit the outer part of the, the zone and the inner part of the zone. You can't just hit one spot because eventually those hitters are going to figure it out. And this happens a lot. A guy's brought up, he's not ready, he gets banged around, you never see him again. Well, we're seeing those guys over and over again because there's less, there's less pitchers and there's less pitchers with velocity. The old 88 to 91 has disappeared. There's not many of those guys left hmm. because when we draft them, we don't draft those guys that can pitch. We draft the guy that throws 100. And hopefully after we fix him, he winds up throwing 95, 96. But the most important thing is going from AAA to, to the big leagues, 
most of those guys go up and down for a reason because then you can't play the guy in AAA that's been in AAA 10 years or seven years every day in the big leagues. It's just, there's a reason why he's not succeeding. It's usually metal, but it's the tough game. I mean, to mm-hmm. play that game every night, Mike Zanino is a great example. I mean, you, you, you guys work with the Rays a lot and they're great people. Here's a guy who is batting 198, but he's going to hit home runs. But they understand his value. Okay, he's going to strike out, but he's going to hit a home run and he's going to play superior defense behind the plate. So he's bringing a lot to the table, even though he's only bat 198. And Greg and I talk about this, actually. That's great. His leadership is unreal. This is, you know, this is uh, Gary Carter leadership all over again. That's what it is. He's the same guy. Same leadership value. Not the same player, but the same. Probably just as good as a defensive catcher, too. Greg's kid is special. Mike's a really special kid. That's a good That's one. great to hear. That's great to hear. Yeah. And certainly deserving of that all-star appearance that he got this year yes. as well, oh, yeah. too. Um, Charlie, I mean, kind of following off of that a little bit, do you believe there's a, a clutch factor or a clutch gene in certain ballplayers? Yeah, I, I don't know. If, I just think uh, guys that deal with pressure better than others have dealt with that pressure before. Mm-hmm. They practice that in their brain over and over. Throughout their life, they had a coach that said, it wasn't the coach that said, hey, don't steal right here. It was the coach, go steal. Don't worry about it. If you get caught stealing, that's okay. If you, go for it the first pitch. And, and if you get that home run, that's great. If not, then make an adjustment. It's all about, again, making adjustments. Mm-hmm. You want to be really good in the box? Step out of the box, take a deep breath, and you control the game as a hitter. Don't let the pitcher control the game with his tempo. You control the game with your hitter. And that's what I'm seeing. The guys that the David Eckstein's in the world was tremendous clutch player. Uh, there's been a load of them. Mike Lowell was an excellent. Don Manley, there's been a lot of good ones. But I think you taught you teach yourself that as you're growing up. And if you have the right coaches and they let you fail, I think that's a good thing. Charlie, kind of going back a little bit with scouting amateur ball players and the, I mean, not just the, we, we talked about the jump from AAA to the big leagues, but the actual jump from amateur ball to professional ball. And a couple of weeks ago, Ulysses, we had on uh, the, the Rays top catching prospect and he kind of mentioned he was drafted out of high school. Uh, I think a second rounder signed for a big, big bonus. And uh, he said that the, the biggest adjustment for him was a, having to play every day, the, the, the actual grind, and then dealing with failure as well. Because in high school, he might be batting 400, 450. He gets to A ball and he's batting 230, 240. Is that something you found um, in your career with, you know, the, the toughest transition that uh, amateur players have, you know, that initial shock of going to professional ball? Yeah, it has a lot. Uh, Kevin, it has a lot to do with the aluminum bat too. We mm-hmm. have a huge sweet spot on these aluminum bats. My daughter's using an Eastern Ghost right now. All you're going to do is hit the ball somewhere within that five, six inches, and it's going to boom. Mm. You only have two inches to play with on a wooden bat. So you're really you know, narrowing uh, your spot on the bat, but the swing has to be short, and the timing has to be elite 
because of what you're facing in Pro Bowl. In high school ball, like I said, you get a lot of cookies. You get the 2-0 cookie in the middle of the plate. You get that. You're not going to miss that with a wooden bat. You might miss that with a, a wooden bat. Yeah, They're paying wow. $250 for these wooden bats, by the way. I, I, I didn't even know what they cost because I, I, I don't play anymore. <laughs> $250 a bat. Kevin, whenever I watch an Orioles game and it gets to be a clunker on the Orioles side, you know that I need to have something healthy and delicious. And that, of course, is a Built Bar. And the greatest thing about Built Bars is that one day I might feel like getting some raspberry. The other day, I felt like a double chocolate. Guess what? You can get a mixed box and get all your favorite flavors from Built Bar. Go to built.com. You know you want it. You know you like healthy and delicious things. You know you like the calories that range from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, only four or five grams net carbs. Go to built.com, people. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com, get yourself something healthy, delicious, and it's got chocolate. So why wouldn't you go to built.com today? Perry has some thoughts on that. Dogs are allergic to chocolate. Perry chiming in as usual. Perfect time. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track it all at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the playoffs, including the race. Uh, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Again, promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50, uh, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online. Also, a little tip on my end. You might want to bet on the Rays against the Orioles for these next couple of days. That might not be a bad <laughs> move there on your part. Uh, bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We kind of want to dig into something you said earlier, uh, you know, internationally scouting. And you said in other countries. And the first one that came out was Venezuela. Of course, I am from Venezuela. So I grew up watching winter league games. Can you talk about your experience internationally? And if you've got any Venezuelan stories, I'd be happy to hear them. Yeah, 2000 or 2001 and two, I covered the league. And I was there for a long time. I was there for at least two weeks. So I was in, uh, uh, um, I, I shot around from Puerto La Cruz back to the capital, back to Puerto La Cruz, a sort of puddle jumpers, and there a lot of driving. Um, yeah. Very, very uh, enthusiastic fans. You're sitting there all of a sudden in a beer, you know, <laughs> beers flying all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> People are yelling. The funniest thing I could bring up is uh, I'm sitting at a game and the chairs are very close to each other. So you're yeah. in this, sta this stadium and they're like, it's like Fenway Park. The seat in front of you is like, It feels yeah. like it's right on your knee. So I put, there was no one there one night and I put my foot up on, on the chair in front of me and a guy came by with a stick and he goes, and he hit the chair. <laughs> he didn't hit me, he hit the chair. What he's saying is get your foot off. This. So again, 
an hour later, <laughs> my, my knees are killing me because I'm like crunched up. I'm six foot one, 205 pounds. And he comes by again, bang, bang, twice. That was it. Like, <laughs> but, but the fans are so enthusiastic, so passionate. They love the game. They live for the game. Yeah. I know they're having a tough time over there when I was there in those years. Yeah. They were having a tough time. But the fans love baseball. It's great baseball. There's flags being waved. There's beer being thrown after every run, every uh, uh, one score. And there's beer all over the place. You walk out yeah. of there, you smell like the Budweiser, man. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. It, but it's, it's Polar. It's, I, polar, I think, is the beer. Yeah. Polar. polar. Yeah. Polar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. I, I used to go there as a kid, and you're right about those seats, and you're right about that beer. My goodness. It, 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 that's why it was cheap, because people were just throwing it every time well, look, a home run I happened. think LaGuardia plays uh, the other team the two teams in uh in caracas play each other yeah my team uh, leones leones, leones they play yeah. each other and when yeah. they play each other you oh. can't get a seat there no. it's crazy yeah and you and you want to get out of, when the game ends you want to go back to the hotel if you're american as quick as possible yeah 100 <laughs> percent well i think that that story definitely put a uh, smile on ulysses's fit, uh, face there and he absolutely is passionate about baseball as well um charlie we got time for just a couple more here um one thing i want to ask just from your perspective is there something i mean we hear so many things about baseball that may or may uh, not be true from fans media they say things just out on a whim is there do you what's maybe in your view the biggest misconception that fans or media that never really played or totally understand the game have about the game? Is there anything in particular that really grinds your gears that people say about yeah. baseball that you don't think is true or accurate? When a player says, a pl when a, a fan says a player stinks, mm. that is the worst thing you could say. If you made it to the 700 players in the world that made it, and you're saying the player stinks and you never played, you got to look in the mirror, realize what these guys go through to get there, making $1,100 a month to start and working their way up and understanding how hard it is and giving up family events and giving up uh, 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 babies at home, a, a wife has a baby, all that stuff in the minor leagues, you don't see. You don't get days off in the minor leagues. So if you make it to the major leagues, the biggest misconception to me is when I hear a fan say, he stinks. There's no such thing as a play in the big league stinks. They're, they're, they're all great in their own way. There's something they're bringing to the table that helps them to play for the Pirates or the Reds or the Red Sox or the Rays, the Yankees. I mean, there's, when you see, a, I think there's one uh, – how many brothers? There's a couple of brothers in the big leagues today. There's right the now. Seagers, I know. Yep. And then there's there's two the Morans, maybe. The Morans. Uh, yeah. The Morans. Not right yeah. now, maybe, but they're yeah, but I know there's got there's a bunch of them in the big leagues. If you get two that made it, that that's <laughs> unreal. There's only yeah. a certain amount of kids that are making it. Obviously, we know they come from California, Florida, Texas. I've scouted Texas. I can see why they're coming from there. I've been to California and seen baseball there. But at the end of the day, no matter where you come from, if you play in the big leagues, you don't stink. You're one of the greatest baseball players in the country. 
be able to play in that uniform in the big leagues. So yeah, that's the misconception for me. Yeah. And Ulysses editorializing here for a second, but I've said this, like every time a player makes his MLB debut, I say we should, you know, give him a little bit of an ovation or or a cheer, a clap, no matter if it's the number one prospect in baseball or the, the 700th ranked prospect in baseball, because it's, it's such a huge, huge accomplishment, whether they have staying power or they don't. Um, Charlie, you know, kind of one of the last questions here that I want to throw at you, um, the MLB draft, there's been a lot of talk about changes in structure and and what's the best way to go about this going forward. Of course, this past year was 20 rounds before that with the pandemic, it was five rounds. And then uh, before that, I know it's, it's been 40 rounds, sometimes even longer. Um, you know, in, in your viewpoint as, as a scout, do you have an idea of what would be the best course of action for the draft going forward? How many rounds, what the, the structure should be trading picks. I didn't know if you have any thoughts on how to maybe improve the draft going forward, or, or maybe it's fine as is in your estimation. Well, I like the idea of trading the draft picks, and I always did. Jim Bowden was talking about it on the radio a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Mello, who's a friend of mine, was talking about it on the radio. I think that makes it more exciting. So, okay, the, the seventh pick is now being traded to, you know, to the Minnesota Twins for a left-handed pitcher in the big leagues. That's great. Let's make it as exciting as we can. And I think they're trying to make the game spruce it up. Uh, the more we can do that, the better. You know, my, my biggest thing now is I want to see more minorities play the game. And I think that's going to make the game better for everybody in the long run. Because there's so many great athletes out there who possibly can't afford it. At the end of the day, let's make them afford it. Let's help them. Let's get them out there. It's a great game. We all need to play it. We all need, I've been all over the world. The more they play it, the more they love it, and the more they succeed, and then we have more kids. It becomes like a, an excellent disease among <laughs> children mm-hmm. so they can all play the game. Because it's been a, a rough two years, guys. This yeah, last yeah. year and a half has been rough uh, for kids, especially kids. And, they, and we need to get the minorities into our game because it's a wonderful game. That's great. And, and Charlie, one very last thing, cause I know we're running short on time here. Um, you know, I see a lot of people love the prospects, the prospect rankings and top 10 list, top 15 list, top 30 list. Um, just, and you don't have to go too into detail, but you know, say baseball America has a reds player, you know, this is baseball America's 28th best reds prospect. How accurate are their list generally to what, you guys have internally or proprietary data where they might say, yeah, this guy is the, the third ranked prospect in the Reds organization. You guys internally might say, no, we, we got him like 18th, 20th. Like how much of a divide is there? Or are they for the most part, pretty accurate with that? Uh, they work through us. I mean, mm-hmm. everything comes through the scout, the scouts, the scouting director, uh, the Latin American uh, director, uh, they, they basically get their information from us. I really mm-hmm. believe that. I've been doing this a long time. I hear stuff and somebody will call me and ask me. And I, you know, my job is to work for the Reds. So if the Reds say it's okay to talk to John Mayo or any of those guys, I'm good with that. But at the end of the day, um, their information's for the most part is coming from us because there's so many of us. All they have to do is, they probably have guys they could talk to that will help them. 
but yes, it, it, uh, we're usually on the same page for the most part. Hey, we once again want to thank longtime MLB scout Charlie Aliano for joining us. Hope you enjoyed that conversation and insight. Uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Race podcast. Remember to tell your smart device to play the most recent episodes of the Locked on Bets and Locked on MLB podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we won't talk to you Thursday. We'll be off on Thursday, but we'll be back Friday. And we'll talk to you then.